Thank you for listening to Some Like It Pops, Listapalooza, Episode 2, our new bi-weekly feature on Jen's obsession with making lists. Now, first off, bi-weekly, does that mean twice a week or every other week? Or both? Um... I think it applies to both, just depending on how we're using it. We are going to use it that in between our regular every other week episodes of Some Like It Pop, we're going to bring you a discussion about a list of some sort or another coming from the brains of Jennifer McHugh, who... Jen, how many lists do you maintain on a regular basis? Uh, I'd like to decline to state. <laughs> okay, is that something you want to keep between you and your therapist? Yeah, that was her advice. <laughs> okay, well, you can follow Jen and all of her OCD goodness on Twitter at EponineQ. That's E-P-O-N-I-N-E-Q. And you can follow me, Matt Tamanini, Broadway World Senior TV and Film Critic at B-W-W-M-A-T-T. And Jen and I write across various Broadway World sites as well. You can subscribe to all episodes of Some Like It Pop, whether it's our regular traditional episodes or our List of Palooza episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. So go ahead and click over and subscribe download listen share and then give us a rating so that other people can find them as well now jen in our first episode of list of palooza we counted down our top 10 favorite plays we are a broadway world podcast you have a theater degree i am a former theater actor and director so we are going to stay in the theatrical world for the second episode of list of palooza with our favorite musicals how are we going to do this? We are both first going to go real quick and dirty through musicals 10 through 6. Then we're going to go back and forth on 5 through 1. I just want to be clear that these are stage versions because movie musicals is a different list. Correct. And I do want to say this. I am only including shows that I've seen on okay. stage. Correct. I am not including things that I maybe know the cast recording for or if I've right. just seen the movie. I have seen well over 200 musicals, so I think I've got a pretty good list of things to pull from, but I am just including shows that I've seen on stage. Fair. And then, when we're done, Jen is going to terrify me by unveiling our next Listapalooza theme, so I will have two weeks to frantically try to put coherent thoughts together into list form. I don't understand why you say that with fear. That's such an exciting project. This is very difficult to me. I, oh my I, god, it's so... Fun. No, we talked about this last time. When I make a list, and I have a few lists that I keep, but they are they are like recording what happened, not ranking. Uh, I, I have a list of every play that I can ever remember seeing. I make lists of things I've read and try to make sure I know what movies I've seen. Uh, you know, especially for when I do like year-end lists and things. But the ranking things for me is really really tough. Um, it's natural for you, but this is not something that I do on a regular basis. So I'm 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 struggling a little bit at times with this. So weird. I know you are a freak of nature, and so this is something that you enjoy. But anyway, so since you enjoy it, Jen, why don't you go ahead and count down your favorite musicals, starting with ten, going through number six? Okay, um, number ten is You're in Town, the musical. Number nine is The Who's Tommy. Number eight is Spring Awakening. Number seven is The Rocky Horror Show. And number six is Hair. Wow, there are so many shows <laughs> listed in there that I absolutely cannot stand for different reasons. I didn't get, I enjoyed the the choreography and the energy of Spring Awakening, didn't get the show. The Rocky Horror Show and Hair, I have no problems with the show themselves necessarily, although I don't get Hair either. But 
those both of those shows make my skin crawl because of the audience participation i am absolutely against audience participation forced or otherwise it is not <laughs> something that i enjoy it really makes me uncomfortable so those shows are things that i have vowed unless the cast is incredible never to see again so oh, this is very good information yes i don't do audience participation it makes me very uncomfortable i don't enjoy it at all all right, my list starts with number 10 is Legally Blonde, the musical from the husband and wife team of Nell Benjamin and Lawrence O'Keefe. Number nine is a chorus line music by Marvin Hamlish, lyrics by Edward Kleban, book by James Kirkwood and Nicholas Dante. Assassins, music and lyrics by Stephen Sondheim, book by John Weidman. The Book of Mormon by Trey Parker, Matt Stone, and Bobby Lopez. And Les Miserables with music by Claude Michel Schoenberg, lyrics by Alan Boybell, and the English lyrics by Herbert Kretzmer. So those are my list. I have a feeling at least one of those is going to be towards the top of your list. You are correct. I, I figured as much. That's not a surprise to anyone who's listened to this show before. But Jen, let's get down into the nitty gritty of this list. What is number five on your list of top 10 favorite <laughs> musicals? Les Miserables. Oh, really? Okay, I thought it would have been higher. Uh, yeah, it's no big secret that I'm a big fan of Les Miserables, judging by the tattoo on my leg. I first saw it when I was a freshman in college, and I saw a production at West Point. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, on a bus trip for college, and I saw it. And it just kind of, um, you know, as Les Mis does, it takes over your soul. I had never seen a musical like that. I was raised on Rodgers and Hammerstein and, you know, Happy and uh, Midwest themes and King of Siam, yada, yada. So to see something completely sung through and tragic and telling a story and it um, it just redefined musical theater for me, obviously, since I had it tattooed on my leg based on a dare. <laughs> story for another time. You? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's really interesting that you saw it at West Point. I think that would give it a whole other dimension. To be clear, it wasn't a West Point production. It was a tour at West Point. But you're correct in this setting with the military I mean, you have to walk through the campus to get to the theater. Yeah. So it really does um, bring it into modern times. Okay. Well, you mentioned your number five being completely different from the Rodgers and Hammerstein motif that you grew up on. Number five for me is Oklahoma by Richard Rodgers and Oscar Hammerstein II. This is the show that defines musical theater, and I love it more every time I see it because this really is considered the first musical to fully integrate all aspects of storytelling in music, dialogue, and dance. Obviously, things with Showboat, with Oscar Hammerstein, started to do that, and then there were other processes that come along the way. But when they start focusing on things like the Dream Ballet and incorporating all of that into the storytelling, it really changes what musical theater is. And what really cemented this for me as being one of my favorites is the 1998 West End production, which was, ironically directed by Trevor Nunn, who also directed the original version of Les Miserables, where they really kind of showed the darker side of Oklahoma. Like you said, so much of Rodgers and Hammerstein's shows are thought of being as a bit bubblegum and naive, but there is a really dark undertow to a lot of these shows, whether it's Oklahoma, whether it's South Pacific, whether it's Carousel. These shows are not as bright and sunshiny as they are often portrayed. And to see the depths that Shuler Hensley went into as Judd, and it really changed the outlook of that show. So if you haven't seen the London production, which stars a guy who we talked about on one of our episodes last week who's an up-and-coming actor who I think has a career ahead of him named Hugh Jackman it really is something you should see it really changed my outlook of that show and it's now number five on my uh, all-time favorite musical list 
Um, you will notice that I love mostly all musicals. Like, there's, I can count maybe five that I hate. This is number one. What? I hate Oklahoma with a fiery passion. I think it is horrendous. <laughs> Have you seen the Trevor yes. Nunn? Really? And you still didn't like it's it? horrible. It makes my skin crawl. It's you at Rocky Horror. Wow, that's shocking. I love this show, and I think it's so much deeper than anyone gives it credit for. Okay, well, you're wrong again. So what do you have as number four, Jen? Uh, Rent. Never heard of it. Rent is a musical from the 90s. It was my heyday in college. It's very um, periodic. Is that the right word? Like, it's a very good glimpse of the mid-90s in New York City. But everyone knows the story, and if you don't, it's uh, Jonathan Larson wrote it. He premiered it off-Broadway, was rehearsing for Broadway. And oh, it was actually rehearsing the off-Broadway production at the New York Theater Workshop. And he passed away the night before it opened. Tragic story. He was a young guy, uh, died of Marfan syndrome. But the story of Rent is loosely based on the opera La Boheme by Puccini. And it's just a modern-day telling of artists trying to make a living in New York a rock opera uh, sung from beginning to end and I just fell madly in love with it slept outside in New York in minus seven degree weather to get tickets sat in the front row and it was one of the best experiences of my life so you were a bit of a rent head then I was a definite rent head in the 90s I saw it eight times on Broadway with the original cast as well as three times in the touring cast out here in LA okay Wow, it's a show I've never heard of. So uh, yeah, uh, I think you'll, I think you're going to start to hear rumblings of it. It's it's going to be successful. I, I think there's actually a tour launching this year, to be honest with you. So oh, cool, because uh, it's the 20th anniversary. It is. So maybe someday I'll uh, actually get to see it once. Number four on my list is really the show that started my love of theater. In seventh grade, I went to a private Catholic school, and for two weeks, we had a woman come to our school, Mrs. Readerer, and she just taught us Shakespeare for two weeks. I really, really enjoyed it, and after that, we did a little performance, and after that, my grandparents, who had season tickets to the Broadway tours in Columbus, Ohio, said, we want to take you to see this show called My Fair Lady. We sat in the third row. I tried to watch the movie version before we went to see it so I could be prepared. That's kind of the person I am, and I couldn't make it through the movie. I didn't like it. I was not excited about going to see it. But when I went and saw that show, sat in the third row, and watched these people sing and dance and sweat, it changed my life. Richard Chamberlain played uh, Henry Higgins. It was a pre-Broadway tour. And my life has never been the same since I saw that traveling production of My Fair Lady. It is, for many people, one of the three or four perfect musicals up there with Guys and Dolls and Gypsy and West Side Story. It is the quintessential American musical, music by uh, Frederick Lowe, book and lyrics by Alan J. Lerner, based on George Bernard Shaw's Pygmalion about a common flower girl who is taken under the wing of a misogynistic, egotistical linguist and grammarian and taught to not only how to speak, but how to become a proper lady. And I, is it a, is it my favorite show of all time just on the merits of itself? Probably not, but it is so important in my development as a theater fan that it had to be up there close to the top of my list. Is this another one that you hate, Jen? It, it totally is. As soon as I said it, you started <laughs> laughing, so I kind of figured that that's where we were going. I was just going. wondering if your top five were going to be like the only five I don't like. <laughs> No, I think the rest you're gonna. I think the rest you're gonna like. But yeah, it's just it's such an important. It changed my life. I mean, it, it, there's really no other way to say it. I was, you know, I 
didn't mind theater. We grew up watching, you know, you know, musical movies on on TV and and movies and stuff. But it wasn't. I was not a theater person at the time. But after I saw this, I was a theater person for the rest of my life, and that's who I am today. Well, even if I don't like the show, I would never begrudge any show for turning someone into a theater person. So I'm not going to fault you for that. Okay, so what's your number three? Um, the Book of Mormon. I mentioned that one, so uh, yeah, I'm, fam I'm familiar. That, yes. I'm familiar. I saw it a few years ago, and I've never been a huge South Park fan, but I, I really respect um, Matt and Trey as writers and being able to um, not censor themselves. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I believe it's is it Robert Lopez that did the music? It is Bobby, yeah. And um, I was not expecting to fall in love with this as much as I did. My best friend took me for Christmas, and I i honestly think I blacked out during Hasadika <laughs> Evoi because I was laughing so hard, and I, I really do think I missed a portion of it. So I never, ever thought uh, musical theater could be this hilarious and also this um, poetic because – even though it's it's a parody and it's making fun of things, it really has a good message that, like, you know, religion is crazy, but if people believe in it and it makes them feel better, then what's the harm as long as they're not harming other people? Everybody believes in something crazy, so who are we to judge? Yeah. And I, I really, really liked that, um, that even though they were blatantly mocking one religion, that they were kind of saying, yeah, it's no better than any others. Yeah, and I saw the show just a couple weeks after it opened on Broadway. Me and my, my buddy uh, Jimmy Fallon watched it together. For some reason, our tickets got separated, and he was about seven or eight rows ahead of me, so I don't know how that happened. Oh, that's sad. But it it really is a game changer. And as we talked about in the episode back in December, that really prompted our list of Palooza stuff. Um, I am not a huge South Park fan, but South Park – Bigger, Longer, and Uncut is one of my favorite movies. So when I went and saw this, I did have super high expectations. And it it definitely lives up to all of the hype that that <laughs> that it's deservedly earned since it came out in 2012, 2011, something like that. All right, so cool. Well, my number three is a show that has a much better legacy than it did run on Broadway. And that is Sunday in the Park with George. Um, music and <laughs> lyric... Do I even have to guess what you're laughing about? Sorry, go ahead. Okay, music and lyrics by Stephen Sondheim. Uh, Jen, you're, you're laughing. I'm guessing this is on your top five it's most hated list. Like you've literally named three of the five. Well, I, I, do, I can't imagine the, the next two are going to be on your list, but this is a, a fictionalized telling of the creation of the George Surratt painting Sunday on the Isle of Grand Jatte. It's the pointillism painting that is in the Chicago Museum of Art. The first act is George Surratt painting it and the people in his life and how they become a part of this work. And then the second act is a potential descendant of George Surratt and how he is struggling to become an artist in his own right in the 1980s. To me, this story is so much about artists and creating things that make them happy and what it means to give yourself to your art. In the first act, George gives up the only woman who could ever really understand him because he has to commit himself fully to what he is creating and then to have things like finishing the hat uh and and sunday these songs that are these epic sondheim masterpieces i can't believe you don't love this show mm -mm. 
And and it, it starred Mandy Patinkin and Bernadette Peters. Mandy Patinkin and Bernadette Peters. Come on, Jen. Who are you? Not a fan of this show. <sighs> it's just, it was so ungodly boring to me. I'm sorry. Again, not, you know, you like what you like. I'm not judging you. I just don't care for it. Wrong again, but what do you have as number two, Jen? I would never call you wrong. I just disagree with you. <laughs> no, you're wrong, uh, but that's fine. You, you can say that all you want, but I would never call you wrong. Okay, well, I appreciate um, that. Jesus Christ Superstar is my number two. Okay. What My Fair Lady did for you, this did for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw it when I was very little. It was my sister's favorite show. I was, I was not into religion as much as the rest of my family, but... Uh, she wanted me to come see this. I was resistant because I didn't want to see anything with the word Jesus in it. <laughs> and I just fell in love with the music. Um, still to this day, when I hear the bass line under Judas, it just makes me really happy. It takes me back, you know, that 70s funk and um, just an interesting way to enjoy uh, a biblical story and see it come to life. I've seen it in a lot of different incantations. I've seen Ted Neely about four times. I've seen uh, Ted Neely as well, yeah. Different decades of his life. I've seen Darius Rucker from Hootie and the Blowfish as Judas. Oh, wow. Um, but I, I just love it. It, it is 100% nostalgia. And when the music comes on, I'm instantly transported to my childhood. Wow. Yeah, I've seen a number of productions of Jesus Christ Superstar, including one with Ted Neely, one with Carl Anderson, who played Judas in the movie. Yeah, it's it's a, a great show. Not on my list, but it's one of those shows. It's funny because uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber, who who wrote the music for Jesus Christ Superstar, you know, went on and did um, things like Phantom of the Opera and Sunset Boulevard and all these things that are these big, sweeping, romantic epics. But now that he's back on Broadway with School of Rock, people are like, oh, my God, I can't believe Andrew Lloyd Webber's writing rock music. And I'm like, you do realize that's that Jesus Christ started. Superstar, that's <laughs> like that's what he started with. That And, and even Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, which isn't necessarily rock, but it has some elements of some different styles of pastiche uh, in that score that shows that he's more than just these great soaring melodies. So, yeah, Jesus Christ Superstar is a fun one to listen to. I'm not a fan of any of the Mary Magdalene character songs, but other than that, I, I really uh, I really enjoy it. Uh, all right, number two on my list. I know that this is not going to be on your most hated list. I am 100% positive of that. This is a show that, despite the fact that it is fairly new, it feels like a classic Broadway musical, and that is In the Heights uh, with music and lyrics by Lin-Manuel Miranda, book by Kiara. Are you clapping? Is that? I am. I'm really, yeah. really happy. Yeah, this show is... It, that's what it is. It, it is. It makes you happy. You can't watch this mu- or this 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 musical and not come away smiling. Between the 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 Latin hip hop music, the really great characters, the fun, um, it is just a reinvigorating experience. I've seen three different productions. One, the original Broadway tour. Then I saw it on Broadway with uh, Corbin Blue as as Usnavi, uh, Andrea Burns, Janet DeCall, Priscilla Lopez, uh, Olga Moretes, Courtney Reed, Gabrielle Ruiz. Saw all these people in it. Um, and then I saw a local production here in, in Orlando last year that was really good as well. It still works. It doesn't have to have the Broadway talent. Um, it's a show that just works on so many levels. And it is, in a lot of different ways, 
the heir to Fiddler on the Roof about people finding their home and, and being comfortable in their home despite the fact that it's changing. Um, and I love it. It's it's a show that, that I am really hoping will continue to be one of those shows that people use as a touch point in musical theater for many, many years to come. Obviously, with the success of Hamilton, I don't think Lin-Manuel Miranda's Q rating is going to go down. So hopefully that not only does great things for him and for Hamilton, but also does great things for In the Heights as well. I honestly have never seen this show. And oh, really? So, no, I'd never have seen a production out here like that was available for me to see. So um, I'm greatly anticipating it because I have no doubt in uh, the talent or the product of it, sure. but I don't know it at all. Well, I will tell you this. Um, this is the show's been out since I think 2008, so I'm not going to spoil anything by saying this. Uh, in all three times I've seen it, I have needed to pull out a tissue when when they say that Abuela passed away. So it is that affecting that even though I know what's going to happen, I know who dies, I understand, I've seen it, it still hits you that this lovely character passes away. So when you see it, which you will, I'm sure, uh, bring the tissues. I look forward to it. All right. I'm not crying, but seeing Right, it. I understand. I have a feeling that there's going to be some connective tissue between my number two and your number one. Am I right? Don't act like you know me. I don't. I'm asking. Yeah, it's Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry but... to be cliche. Sorry to be mainstream. Sorry to be predictable. But um, I haven't been this excited about a musical in years. And even when I saw Book of Mormon a few years ago, I was like, is this really happening? <laughs> and then to see Hamilton this year and be like, this, the soundtrack to this is genius and it doesn't do it justice. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean... I've made no secret of it. I have no new information. I am a huge Hamilton fan. I refuse to apologize for it because it's that good, and that's the way it is. Yeah, I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of people telling you that it's not a good show, <laughs> and it doesn't deserve to be on your list. So yeah, we've talked about Hamilton in a, in a number of different podcasts in the past, and and you've you've waxed poetic about how much you enjoy it, so, so I don't think this is no, any surprise. I think the only surprise would have been is if I said a number one and Hamilton wasn't even on my list. Yeah, that would have been a surprise. That's why when it got down to number one and you hadn't said it, I felt fairly confident that it was going to be on your list, especially because I think earlier this week you told me that you live, sleep, and breathe uh, Hamilton That's or something to that effect. So, no, I'm, I'm sure it's not. Well, my number one is a show that, much like with our previous list, your number one show was Arcadia, and it was something that I had mentioned already. That was on my list as well. Uh, my number one musical was on your list, and that is a little unknown musical by Jonathan Larson called Yay! Rent. Uh, you have taste. Uh, well, here's the thing. As I said at the beginning of the episode, uh, ranking is hard. It really is. Ranking's really hard for me. And I don't know if you really put a gun to my head if I would say that I really had a favorite. But when I looked at the ones that I really loved, Rent automatically went to the top because of where it was in my life. You talked about where where you were in life when you started listening to it. I remember exactly where I was the first time I not heard it, but heard of it. Um, I was in I was in the theater of my high school. We were in there and someone mentioned it and we were talking about it. And then it was during my freshman year of high school. Then as the cast record, and that was before, that was right after Jonathan Larson died. Then the New York Theater Workshop happened. Then it went to Broadway. And then I got the cast recording. And, you know, it, it became this soundtrack, this cast recording, not a soundtrack, that 
I listen to all the time. I could be singing, and I think I've told this story before, I could be singing to the cast recording, go to the other room, go to the bathroom, brush my teeth, you know, go get something to eat, come back. And I knew that cast recording so well, I would still be singing in the exact same spot two or three songs later because I knew it that well. Like you, I've seen it many times. I've seen it nine times. I've seen it on Broadway twice. I've seen five national tours, one regional production, one college production. The college production at West Georgia University is the only show I've ever walked out of in my entire life. I love it, the show that much, that to see it done so poorly, I couldn't take it and I had to leave. But it's a show that it's emotional. Even to this day, when you see it, if it's done well, it hits you. Like I said, Within the Heights, it's a show that even if you know what happens, the emotion is there and it's palpable. And I'm looking forward to the new tour because it's been a while since I've seen it. It's it's funny that you said that about um, knowing the exact timing, because I know we rent heads if we were like, oh, I'm going to the shower. We knew exactly how many songs, where to start it from start to finish to shower and get ready before we have to leave so that it would end precisely where we wanted to end it before we left. It was it was an obsession. Yeah. And it's one of those things that really defined a generation. Like you said, we're about eight years apart in age, but we're still of the same quasi generation. Um, and it really for theater fans changed what we thought of as musical theater. It really is a dividing line between the Les Mis, Phantom of the Opera, the British sung through operettas to what we kind of consider the rock musical that has really taken over since 1996. And it's a show that was not served well by the by the movie adaptation, but still lives on in, in regional productions. And like I said, I'm really excited for the tour so that not only I can see it again, but a whole other generation of theater goers can see it as well. All right, Jen. Well, we had some things we disagreed on, um, which I was a little surprised about. I was a little taken aback. I didn't expect that. Uh, (laughs) But it shows that even as theater fans, you can love something that other people don't understand and don't it doesn't connect with. But it's still something that can be powerful and meaningful for you. There's so many different avenues of theater that you can love it. So, Jen, we've knocked out two of these Listapalooza lists. Both have been in the theatrical world. I'm dying to know what's next. (laughs) Well, since it's Oscar weekend when this airs, I thought we would take a look at all of the best picture winners throughout history and name our top 10 favorites of those. I'm fine with that. I would have to go and figure out what the hell won. Oh, you don't know those off the top of your head like me? That's really weird. No, I am not a freak of nature. Okay, so best pi- our favorite Best Picture winners. Of the Best Picture winners, your personal top ten. Okay, I can get behind that. Cool. All right, thank you for checking out Broadway World's Some Like It Pops List of Palooza Episode 2. You can find all of our episodes on broadwayworld.com, and you can get new episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. So make sure to subscribe, download, and listen so often that your friends and family will be unable to have conversations with you unless they listen as well. You can always get in touch with Jen and me and let us know your thoughts on shows, movies, and topics that we discuss. Jen is at Q on Twitter, and I am at BWWMATT. We will be back next week with a new episode of the OG Some Like It Pop. And beginning this week, I'm collaborating with James Marino of Broadway Radio on a new podcasting project. My Monday through Friday, one or both of us will deliver a five-ish minute podcast of all of the biggest news in the theatrical world. If you would like to be one of our beta listeners and provide feedback on a handful of pre-air episodes, email james at broadwayradio.com. So, until next time, we'll see you around the Broadway world. 